That is the snarkiest segment we've ever done, and I love it. <laughs> All right, welcome in, everybody. It is the Important Nonsense Podcast. It is Wednesday, October the 3rd. We are into the black and orange month. Neil, it is the Important Nonsense Podcast. Catch that fever. Gotta catch that fever. How you doing this afternoon, Neil? Uh, still licking the wounds from that Cubs loss. Glad I didn't have to go into work today, because for those yeah, of you... Good thing we didn't have to stay up late or anything. That was no, like, yeah. Really it was only 11 o'clock my time, but I was really glad I didn't have to go into work, because I live in Denver, so that was going to be... Uh, tomorrow's going to be not fun, because apparently tomorrow <laughs> is uh, wear your Rocky gear to work day. And there's a part of me that wants to go dig up my Cubs jersey and and wear that to work and just go full masochism, but I probably won't. Uh, yeah, well, maybe the, only maybe time the, will tell. Now they may, they may let me work from home tomorrow or just indefinitely, you know, <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be good with that. We'll move it. We'll do that. But yeah, tough one for the Cubs. Uh, everyone's fired. Total overreaction. As I predicted, Chicago sports radio was unlistenable all day today. And, uh, if I learned anything from this week, it's never doubt Cooper cup. There you go. There you go. We're doing also we're doing like life lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that was my biggest takeaway. Never doubt. Never doubt the cup. Never again. (laughs) So uh, Cooper Cup wide receiver one rest of the season. Love you, Cooper. (laughs) The football preview. Halfback passes to center. Back to wing. Back to center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. No, not that football. Oh, the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football news. Good news, everyone. Extra, extra, read all about it. And stats. <laughs> you need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Da, 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 da. Hey! Da, 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 da. Kicking off with what will kick off week five of the NFL season, Thursday Night Football. Colts dealing with a slew of injuries. First and foremost, their lead receiver, T.Y. Hilton. He will be out tomorrow night against the Pats. He left Sunday's game early, first with a chest injury, then came right back in, put up some more points before leaving ultimately with a hamstring injury that also has knocked him out this week. In addition, Marlon Mack is out again. Missed last week's game. Now he will miss this week's game again. And Jack Doyle out again. Eric Ebron, a must start as always in his absence. Neil, I know you don't really want anything else in the wide receiver department. And we've already mentioned Eric Ebron. We've talked in the past couple weeks now about Naheem Hines, right? The truth of Naheem Hines and how that is uh, certainly a thing when Marlon Mack is not on the field. Outside of that, him and Jordan Wilkins and that whole dispute that we've gone through several times over, look, Marlon Mack owners to this point, they've felt the headache all year. A replacement plan is something they've already had to this point. However, if you're somebody who is RB desperate and in a position that you can wait for Marlon Mack to return... Is he a guy worth buying low, given that we've seen him have some uh, flashes of talent in the past? I mean, maybe if I could get him for an actual ham sandwich. <laughs> and by that, I mean, like, can I trade him for the worst player for him for the worst player on my team? And maybe it'll pop. I mean, like, 
I've never really been a huge Marlon Mack guy. He's shown. See, flashes. I don't want you to put Marlon Mack and Pop in the same sentence because that's just. He's, <laughs> at this point, everything else is oh, breaking on him. Oh, that's a that's all right. You know what? You're just taking Marlon Mack out like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to take the high road uh, and just go right for it. Mommy. Uh. Anyway, terrible jokes aside. Uh. I'd, I'd almost be more inclined to just pick up Naheem Hines at this point because it feels like he's going to have the actual role. They don't seem to be able to run the ball anyway with Jordan Wilkins behind that O-line yep. at all. And I don't know if that's Wilkins or the O-line, but either way, I'm concerned that even if Mac did get back, he's just going to be on and off that injury report all year. So if I was good at, at running back and I, and I felt like I could get him for virtually nothing, sure. But it's not something I'm going out of my way to do. Is that – does that, does that kind of follow? You know what I mean? Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I feel I like if you have you Marlon might... Mack, you have to own Naheem Hines and yeah. pair him together. And at this point, but, I don't know uh, that I even want No, as a standalone, I don't want Marlon Mack. Anymore. And I don't know that I even want Jordan Wilkins anymore. I kind of just want Naheem no. Hines. Like, at this point, I, want, I know that's recency Hines bias. And Mack. But yeah, and if I had those two, I I'd feel good tandem. about that. Yeah. If I, felt, like if if I had if, those two, I'd feel good about it. Because then I'm playing it. Yeah. But that's, that, that would make sense. sense. Yeah. No, that would make sense. So if you kind of want the tandem, but I'm not spending a whole lot to get Marlon back. Because frankly, no. if I just keep waiting it out, he's going to get cut. We're going to go right into the teeth of the buys. And if he's not going to be on the field and you're good at running back and don't have to make a whole bunch of crazy waiver claims, odds are that guy probably does because one of his players in Marlon Mack ain't playing. So yeah. he's going to have a backup plan, but I would just wait that out. Meanwhile, Mark Ingram and Julian Edelman both coming back from suspension this week. Sort of just a PSA for you. Uh, Kamara, obviously, the billion-point explosion will be over. So instead of 40 points a week, he'll give you 25. That's yeah, the obvious effect. 35. I don't know how much. Uh, 35. Oh, so you're giving Mark Ingram five points of production? Yeah, that's right. Because Sean Payton hates right, him. Yeah. They're yeah, going to cut, him, like gonna cut, him. They're gonna cut him in yeah, week six sure. after they get into a fist fight on the sideline. Uh, in all seriousness, serious, serious, <clears throat> excuse me, in all seriousness, the, uh, the real good takeaway here is you weren't going to get Alvin Kamara to stay healthy through the season if that was going to be his workload. <laughs> he was, he was going to We'll see if that wears on him eventually. Too, What's that? Because yeah. we'll see if it, what the production they've already put on him. Because we'll they, they made him, him do everything. The they made him do a lot in the first four weeks to, to kind of camouflage the fact that they don't really have another plan. So Mark Ingram coming back, actually, in my mind, is good for Alvin Kamara. It's not, it's not, you know, a perfect world, but I was concerned that he was just going to get, he was on track to get hurt. They were already giving him veteran days in practice on Wednesday. You know what I mean? That's how much work he was doing. He was already, like, getting, being allowed to skip days because they knew, like, well, he can't get hurt in practice because he's going to have to do 40 touches between, you know, all the work we need him to do. It, it becomes unsustainable. The real question here is, who does the Edelman return affect in New England, if anyone? I mean, I think it kind of craters, uh, you know, a couple people, but they were already not doing too much anyway. Josh Gordon. Well, that's my to point. I mean, like, Josh Gordon has been. He, well, he hasn't been healthy. Or, is the issue yeah. probably doesn't so know the last week was only his second game. He's still getting adjusted. Gronk's been hurt, so I don't really know. And then nobody's playing Philip Dorsett. You're not playing no. Corderell Patterson. Like, you I, you were I playing Chris guess. Hogan, and it's been up and down. 
Chris Hogan's been a disaster this year, which I called. Well, he had, outset, he had, so. he had, what am I thinking of? He had one week where he caught two touchdowns, did he not? Is that the only good week he had all year? Probably. Everything else has been a disaster. I'm going I'm to Google it. Uh, I don't remember the two-touchdown week, but I know he's had an atrocious start to this season. But yeah, my point at the beginning of the year is I don't want Chris Hogan because the only good weeks he'll have is when Edelman's not on the field. Now Edelman comes back. I, I think that kills any kind of hope for Chris Hogan having a decent year, if that's what you're Just by the by. By the by, we're both right about this. Uh, Chris Hogan, I'll read you the stat line. 2.1, 19.2. 6.1, 3.5. That's PPR. Uh, the 19.2 is the game I'm thinking of, the two-touchdown game. Two touchdowns. Where he was two, three for 42, yep. and two of them were scores. And it was against yep. Jacksonville. Whatever. He's reason. not getting targets. So, he's not. They don't even care he's there. And that's so with Edelman I, I, off the field. I don't understand how he would become no, so I mean, at all. Edelman's going to go right back to wide receiver two. I mean, that's that's just what it is until it's a total bust. You know what I mean? He's going to be a wide receiver yeah. two, low end or high end flex in a in a weird weird format. So no, that's who I want. I'm not really interested in anyone else other than uh, the running backs, more or less. The running backs seem to have value, and then Gronk and Brady in the piece. But in wide I mean, receiver, I don't think it's crazy to say I think Chris Hogan's cuttable. No, that's not crazy. That's that, yeah, that's I mean, that, it's I, not. I, if it's not crazy. I would drop Chris Hogan if because right at some point Josh Gordon's going to get out there and take away even more of the already wonky target yeah, he's share. The, he's at best. He's at best at the some fifth point, option in the passing game. Yeah, yeah. Because at some point Josh Gordon's going to go ahead and take over part of this because he just has to get that hamstring right, and then as long as he's not dealing with that all year, and at some point he's going to learn the playbook because he just hasn't learned it That's yet. Is what it kind of feels like, like. in targets per game. It's going to go what. Edelman, James White, Gronk, Gordon, Hogan, at best? That's your best-case scenario? Best-case scenario. Because then you might actually run into a weird one. Like, they don't really ask Sonny Michelle to catch the ball, but they might start. You never know. They traditionally kind of have everybody try and catch the ball. Meanwhile, tight end injuries piled up this week. Uh, We will start with Will Disley suffered a torn patella tendon. His season is now done. The Cinderella story quickly over yeah. in Seattle. Bad enough that uh, ne- actually he might miss this year and part of next year. So yeah. that is really hearts go out to Will Disley because that unfortunately could be the end of someone's career. We've also pour one out for our BFF Jake tearing his ACL uh, last week in practice. Iron Man! He is done for the year as well. Tyler Eifert. Oof. That was a horrible, gruesome don't breaking of his ankle. If you haven't on seen it, don't Google it. Don't, 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 do, don't. You do don't it. want the night. You don't want the nightmare. It's, it is. Oh. Oh. Now I didn't make the note on here, and it really hasn't been talked about a lot. But Tyler Eifert gets a lot of targets on Cincinnati. With him done, Tyler Croft is the guy. Is that a sneaky waiver pickup you're interested in? It's Tyler Croft splitting with C.J. Usama because they insist on throwing C.J. Usama the football, even though he can't catch. So that's the what throws cold water on that. Tyler Croft, also mediocre, is what I would describe him as in a word. And the other word I would use is uh, a phrase, injury prone. Just like other Tyler. They're both very injury prone. So I'm not super excited about Croft. I am more excited about him in the very immediate term. So against the Dolphins this week, for example, if you were desperate, I could see DFS. Sure. 
DFS, sure, because he's not going to cost you anything. So that, those are areas. However, I'm not trying to, like, talk about trading or doing something nuts for Tyler Croft or anything no. because I promise you he's going to get hurt. And I don't really want C.J. Osama because his hands are actually made of stone. And then, of course, O.J. Howard, uh, his injury from this past week when he left the game early, not expected to be serious. They have the bye week this week, so he can clearly get right during that. Not something to worry about for right now. However, what I would be worrying about is that when Ryan Fitzpatrick got sat because the Bears just blew them out of the water. Go Bears! Uh, (laughs) Jameis Winston comes in in the second half, and all he did was target Mike Evans and Cameron Braid again. We went right back to classic Jameis Winston when Cameron Brait, who has been a ghost the first three and a half weeks of the season, all of a sudden got the main target share. Now, part of that could have been that Howard had left the game, but how worried are you about the production from Brait if you're an O.J. Howard owner? Like, are you trying to get Brait instead? Is is Howard a sell, I don't know, medium? Because he can't really, it's not a sell high. Like, a sell medium? Just dump him if you can dump him? Well, this was the concern uh, from back in the preseason was you had two guys who were going to ultimately share. And we've seen over time that when Winston is in there, he seems to like to throw it to break. He seems to just have that connection. It's kind of like how when Winston runs the offense, he really does key in, as you said, on Brait and Evans. That's why he and Deshaun Jackson can never get on the same page. So Winston coming back, I'm a little more inclined to start looking at Brait. However, as we pointed out uh, last week, Brait has been terrible. He was a little better last week, but true. So honestly, I kind of want to stand pat and wait and see what's going to happen here and just give it like a week or two. Cause as you said, OJ Howard did leave the game. So let's, let's see what actually happens when we see Jameis Winston as the starter. Now, the one thing I will say is it's not a sell medium anymore if you do that. So, but because tight end is such a train wreck, I don't know what else you would have to have at tight end to be trying to do that. I guarantee you, you could trade him. Someone will do it, and you could get a piece if you need it, if you have two tight ends and the other one you feel good about. Well, because the thing was, with them splitting, like we talked about in the preseason, O.J. Howard was going in, like, the mid-teens to high 20s at tight end. So he was being drafted. You could have O.J. Howard, and he was on waivers in a lot of leagues, too. You could have him and something else. So it's possible. You could have him and Kyle Rudolph, or him and Trey Burton. Right, and and you might be— like, your number two, and somebody's desperate, and they'll give you some piece— yeah, I just I might want to wait a week to do it, but I could also acknowledge that you might pickle yourself in that situation where you can't really do that as easily anymore. So if you want to do it, I'm not going to try and talk you out of it. However, I would if it's me, depending on how my team is constructed, I'd consider waiting just at least one week to see what the offense is theoretically going to look like with Winston driving. Meanwhile, running back injuries. Chris Carson was a surprise inactive after not playing or uh, he was not in Friday practice and then all of a sudden just didn't play on Sunday. So it was a little bit bizarre to see that Mike Davis got a lot of run along with Rashad Penny, because of course Pete Carroll in his typical you up fashion says, uh, Davis is going to get as much run as he can get him when Carson returns. Cause three running backs always better than two. Who doesn't love a running back committee? Uh, are you scared off now of this entire situation? I mean, they have the worst rated now? offensive line in the league. So did we not do the preseason we... together? <laughs> no, we've been talking about Chris Carson. Have yeah. we not? 
We have been. We, have. we were talking about Chris Carson being the number one guy. By the way, pat on our back because nobody yep. bought into that until well after the draft is over. And now Rashad Penny is getting beat out for carries by Mike Davis. So, yeah, good luck with that. By the way, but, yes, we no, are I'm talking saying, about that Mike Davis, that guy. We are. That is who we're referring to. If you've been playing for a while and you're like, they can't possibly be talking about that Mike Davis. No, that's it. That's absolutely that's, 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 that's absolutely who we're talking about. To answer your question. But yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> the, Chris Carson, we've been talking about as the number one guy there, and he's the guy you've wanted all along. Penny is the guy that you want to hold behind him for later in the season. Now, does that change, or do you just want none of it for the rest of the year? No, I think it's still you want Penny for later in the season, and right now I want none of it. Uh, okay. Right Fair now enough. I want none of it. I still want Penny for later in the season because, A, he's the draft pick, and, B, I have seen both of the guys ahead of him take vicious injuries at various points in their career that just are season-ending. And I think that might be part of why Pete's over there, besides his normal nature, and he's looking at it and he's like, man, these two guys have proven to be kind of injury-prone. And I get it. Like, I'm sorry they have bones. But at the same time, you're playing a sport that involves basically car crashes. So I'm not super high on Chris Carson or Mike Davis going the full duration of this campaign. So at some point, I think down the stretch, we might actually be looking at Rashad Penny having more or less the job. Yeah, I said it this week in the waiver column. All three of them are going to get touches this weekend and in the foreseeable future. But eventually, Mike Davis will fade. Carson will take a back seat if he doesn't get hurt. And Penny will have the job all to himself because at some point here, the Seahawks are going to fade away and get, be out of it, and they have to see what they have for the future. He's the draft pick. He's the guy. Correct. Leonard Fournette dealing with a hamstring injury. Big shock there. Is anybody <sighs> surprised by that at all? We're going to no. do this again later, too. It's unbelievable. This whole thing is just such a foreshadowing. There you go. <laughs> There's currently no timetable for his return. It's believed he could miss two to three weeks, according to Ian Rapport. I don't know how, but TJ Yeldon was somehow eligible again for the waiver column. This is a PSA, people. Stop. Just stop it. Just stop putting TJ Yeldon on waivers. I don't care if Fournette comes back. Just stop putting him on waivers. If Fournette is 100% owned, so should TJ Yeldon. He has immense value because of the injury history with Leonard Fournette. He, he cannot be cut. There has to be someone else on your roster you can get rid of. Please, everyone, I agree with him. It's the only handcuff, frankly, at this point that really matters. Like, if you own Fournette at this point, you actually need to go and get Yeldon. If you're trying to ride out this season with Fournette, you have to have Yeldon on your roster at this point, and you need to be checking the injury report every week for the rest of the year. And this this is probably how I would go about trying to game plan. It's unfortunate that you didn't do it before, because now you're probably going to have to pay for this. But I'm also sick and tired of writing about this on the waiver wire every other week as well. Please don't make it so that I have to write about <laughs> waiver wire column next week for the fifth time uh, this season. It feels like we're having this conversation about uh, just again. Waivers or trade, you need TJ Yeldon. Geo missed practice today, but that probably isn't going to matter. All reports and indications are that Joe Mixon will return this weekend for Cincinnati. So Geo once again becomes pretty much useless. Devonta Freeman at the same time also on track to make his first appearance this season since opening night. Meanwhile, wide receiver injuries. We will start with the entire Green Bay Packers because that is a thing. 
Yes. Randall Cobb missed last week with a hamstring issue. He's trending toward missing this week again. That just leaves two guys, Devontae Adams, who missed practice today with a calf issue, and Geronimo Allison, who is still in the concussion protocol from last week. So I guess it leaves one guy, and uh, Adams should be able to give it a go this weekend, but it is certainly a situation you want to monitor because at this point, who is Aaron Rodgers throwing to other than Jimmy Graham? Well, I was actually going to say, I wanted to write Jimmy about Jimmy Graham being a bust, and then I realized all the all the, <laughs> the wide receivers were hurt, and I'm like, never but there's mind. there's no one else. Never yeah. mind. I guess we're not doing that. So uh, there actually is a report out there saying that there are uh, some rookies that are going to get some increased action uh, in this game to fill the void. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Graham's going to get a ton of targets, whether or not he can do anything with that. We'll see. The man can't run anymore. And I think what you'll see is I think Adams will be out there. And I think Geronimo Allison still has a shot to get off the concussion protocol. And I think if he does, I think they'll play him because of how thin they are. And if he's out there, he's been producing for you. So weirdly, Geronimo Allison has had value. So if he's on the, if he gets out of the concussion protocol, I'd say you probably end up flexing him if you've been using him because it's a great matchup with Detroit. Uh, Sterling Shepard had a cyst removed from his back. So he was out of practice today. He should be good to go for the weekend. But again, something you just want to monitor, keep an eye on. Uh, once again, it, it panned out last week. We told you Sterling Shepard going to get the increased workload, especially in the red zone with Evan Ingram out. And uh, one of the one of the few things we were able to cash in on last week. It was a it was a rough week for Truster Bust. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Meanwhile, Le'Veon Bell, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, will report during their week seven bye for the Steelers. It is uh, a whole saga that we are going through here with Le'Veon, and it is something that, once again, we will be talking about in extreme length later. Foreshadowing, Getting a lot of use out of that today. So uh, I just want to shout out. Because we're doing a great job. Shout out to Aiden. Aiden won me some money again last week. So I'm just I'm raking it in thanks to Aiden. Yeah. Daily awareness. Yeah, you keep so, talking uh, about this, and we're gonna have to start paying him, paying him a cut. So, yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Probably get him a kickback here, or there. But uh, again, at FF Aware on Twitter, and uh, keep up with him on ImportantNonsense.com, at daily the uh, the Daily Awareness section, at FF Aware. Shout out to Aiden. Good job. Good job as always, making me some money. <laughs> Trust me. Trust. I'm asking you to trust me. Or bust. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. Gotta face good trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Trust or Bust, brought to you by my own self-loathing. As, uh, as always. Yeah, that, that, one, that one hurt last week, man. You got the boot that went brutal. medium style. Ugh. That was bad. Pretty <laughs> bad. aggressively. I had a couple Gotta get back ones, on the winning ways. Broke. Can't win them all, folks. Cannot win them all. Well, then your so first trust, trust this week at quarterback. 
Mr. Andy Dalton against Miami. Look, the Dolphins' defense has been, let's say, below average, to put it kindly. Uh, they, they have been allowing a ton of points, and Cincinnati, meanwhile, has put up a ton of points. Tyler Boyd has been fantasy relevant. A.J. Green has had a resurgence. John Ross has gotten on the board a couple of times. Eifert, before he completely blew his leg off last week, was looking pretty good. Andy Dalton is spreading the ball around and effectively. He has not been throwing the ball to the other team, too, which has been the problem his whole career. So they are at home against the Dolphins. They are a big favorite, projecting for a high-scoring game there. So, uh, yeah, Andy Dalton, a guy I like here as a streamer option. Boy, that's a ballsy call. Talks about how he's got to get back to winning ways and then recommends Andy Dalton. Well, not to be outdone by that, my trust this week is Joe Flacco. That's right. That's right. I'll let that sink in. Somehow, (laughs) despite me calling him washed about eight times in the preseason, he has managed to put together quite the first quarter of the year. Uh, and last He's week, he's been in an Alex Smith type situation going on. They yeah. draft Lamar Jackson, yeah. and uh, he's like, "No, nah, I don't think so." Absolutely, it's very he's like, I'm reminiscent not this of up. the Chiefs from last year. Yeah. yeah, I'm not giving this up. No, get out of here. Oh, I'll show you what you're missing. And this week, he's going to Cleveland. And look, Cleveland's been better than uh, than advertised. Let's say their defense has actually been okay. Last week, they didn't do so well. The officiating, blah blah blah. The the whole the whole issue is they only have one good corner, and I've just seen – what I've seen from the Baltimore is just they're figuring out how to move the ball. It's very non-traditional, but, and they've got three tight ends, so that's a thing. But they're, they're playing them all, but they're, and they're putting – they're running like some sort of weird college two-quarterback system for parts of the game. But they're scoring points. And I just don't think in a division matchup that Cleveland is necessarily going – I think they're going to play him tough. But I also think this game is going to end up being 35-28. And I also think Cleveland finds some way to lose this game in spectacularly terrible fashion. Because that is the history in this, is that somebody gets somebody gets pants. This is the kick six game. My bust, get ready for the internet to come after me. Pat Mahomes, the Mahomie. Get the pitchforks, against boys! Jacksonville. In Arrowhead, I don't care. The Mahomes hype has gone way too far, people. If you're asking me if he's the greatest player or the most overrated player, he is much, much closer to the latter and not the former. Oh, Colin Cowherd today said he was talking about moving him ahead of Aaron Rodgers on his uh, quarterback power rankings. That should tell you everything you need to know right there. That was a thing today, and I was trying to tamp down the vomit. The same guy who was talking about is Sam Darnold the next Tom Brady. So yes, that yep. that is the hype like train we are dealing too. with that Neil, three with weeks Mahomes. Ago. <laughs> he is not immune to the Jacksonville defense. So please, please just pump the brakes. I'm not looking for a 30 point performance again out of Pat Mahomes this week. This is his first real test, by the way. This this is this is the test. If if you can put one on Jacksonville, I'll loosen up and we'll start having more of a conversation. But it's going to be this is a, this is a, this is I think by far the biggest test that Mahomes has ever faced. So we'll see how it goes. My bust this week, Russell Wilson, been terrible all year. That's right. We're going right back to the well. Been more or less terrible all year, and this week they draw the Rams. I I don't feel like I need any more analysis than that. Like, do I need to draw a picture? <laughs> it, 
Like, I don't want any part of it. Even with no Tlaib, Peters will still be out there in all likelihood. I want – I just don't want it. I'm staying away. I want to avoid most of my Seahawks this week, if I, except for uh, possibly uh, Doug Baldwin, and he's going to get blanketed. You probably don't have any better options in all likelihood. Maybe you do, but I'm avoiding Russell Wilson. And I'd like to point out, Steve, that in this segment we've recommended starting Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco over Mahomes and Russell Wilson. So, oh, boy. <laughs> Running backs, I am trusting Derrick Henry. That's right. If he doesn't get it done this week, when will he? Against Buffalo's defense, this is the time. You, you got to show me something now. This is it right here. So Derrick Henry, yeah. I trust. Because this, this is the jumping off point. It's the jumping off point. I agree. Uh, my trust this week is TJ Yeldon because you people don't listen and I'm allowed to do it. And so I'm taking this time go. to remind you again, pick up TJ Yeldon. If you own Fournette and you are married to that, you need to own Yeldon. And yes, I am saying you need to go trade for TJ Yeldon. No, trade something crazy. Don't, don't trade them like a, like something that you use on your roster, but you need to find a way to get TJ Yeldon. So that's, Otherwise, I don't really see like what are you gonna do? Uh, okay, because we've we're not gonna go too deep into this. But if you owned just Fournette, would you consider trading Fournette to someone who owned Yeldon if you could get something good? I'm not saying take take a bath on it, I'm, but I'm saying if you could get something like of reasonable value, comparable value, are you doing that or no? You, you want me to trade for Leonard Fournette as a TJ Yeldon owner? Yes. Would you do that? Would you consider that? Yes. Because I was going to say, if I own, uh, also, conversely, if I own Fournette and someone who owns Yeldon approaches me and they offer me something good, I might do it just to be rid of the headache. But see, this is your problem, because if you're the Yeldon owner, the next two to three weeks, we already know that TJ Yeldon is going to be the guy and have the job. So why do I want to trade you a guy that I'm probably starting as a top 10 running back? when you've got nothing to give me if you're going to give me garbage know, for well, it i'm, I'm just saying. going to use him to... for three weeks yeah so it, it it's tricky like it's going to be hard to trade for it's going to be hard to trade for yeldon at, i think i think the, kind of the part you laid out there is easier i think it's easier to trade four net to that person to get something back yeah to get something so you that can they actually just play. own the jacksonville running back than to trade yeah. for yeldon and hold on to four so that's my point, point. and Exactly, and that's my point. And we'll 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 uh we'll pick that conversation up. But uh, you, I cannot write about T.J. Yeldon on the waiver column again. Please save save me from myself. All right, bust Zeke. I got Ezekiel Elliott as my bust this week at Houston on Sunday Night Football. J.J. Watt, Davian Clowney, they are hungry. They have been destroying running backs and quarterbacks all season long. At this point, the secondary is the biggest weakness for the Texans. And, I mean, who are you going to exploit it with? Cole Beasley? That's that's your scariest weapon in the secondary? So uh, they're just going to line up eight guys in the box and go after Zeke. And in most cases, that's not going to do anything. But when you've got Clowney and Watt coming at you, it's an effective strategy. And my bust this week is Kareem Hunt. See, I was going to go there, but I went there last week yeah. and I already picked Mahomes, so I didn't want to hate on the Chiefs. Don't worry, I'll do it for you. Uh, I'm, you if you're playing Hunt this week, you are depending. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. You are depending. Yes. 100%. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you're depending 
on him catch, making all his hay catching dump-offs because that's all they're going to be able to do against Jacksonville. He's not going to have any rushing yards for you this week, and the only way he's going to get any rushing production is if he gets very fortunate and you get a little one- or two-yard bunny touchdown out of him at some point. It's possible you could get that. You may not have better options, but I am not looking at him as an RB1 at all this week. He's low-end RB2, and I am avoid, avoid, avoid in daily. Don't want it, even though it's PPR. And I'm expecting just a massive Travis Kelsey day. That's how I have the game script going for this game. So I'm avoiding I'm avoiding uh, Kareem Hunt, and I agree with you. I don't think Mahomes is, could possibly be worth the price they're charging for him in daily against Jacksonville. Uh, my trust, Keelan Cole against Kansas City. There's a theme here. I, I feel like you can you can kind of sense it. Look, Kansas City has the worst run defense and the worst secondary by the numbers in the league. So if you're the overall worst defense and the Jags offense, I don't know what they have to do to get respect, but Blake Bortles passes it around to six or seven different receivers a game. I, I just I don't understand what he has to do to start getting people to buy in to what they're doing down there offensively. So With the Super Bowl. on the road against a terrible defense. Yeah, they're going to be chucking it around all over the place and putting up big numbers. You can pick a name out of a hat here. I, I mean, Moncrief, D.D. Westbrook, ASJ, any of them could go off in this one. I'm going with Keelan Cole. And I got a twofer because one of them still technically on the injury report. But I talked about it a little bit before. I'll bring it up again. Geronimo Allison has an amazing matchup at Detroit. If he can get off the concussion protocol, he has been getting seven targets a game all season. If you're getting seven targets from Aaron Rodgers, and some of them are red zone targets as well, he keeps putting up points. So particularly in a situation where I maybe don't own any of the other Packers receivers, I like Geronimo Allison for flex territory, solid wide receiver three, great matchup. Feel free to start him if he gets out of the concussion protocol. That being said, that is not a guarantee, as we know. So my backup plan for that would be Mohamed Sanu. Because, again, it's the Falcons. They're going to take on. <laughs> the Pittsburgh terrible, terrible secondary. So much like you had mentioned a second ago, a game that's got shootout written. It's, all that game's going to end 63 to 58, and I think everybody on the Falcons has a chance to get in the end zone. I can't promise you that it's going to be Sanu, but they're going to spread the ball around and they're going to work them. So I think Mohamed Sanu, uh, nice little play, good week to play a lot of your Falcons. Uh, my bust. Tyreek Hill. See, this is also part of the reason I couldn't go home, because I didn't want to go all... Part of the theme? All well, we've officially covered that. We've covered the bases. Look, I mean, Tyreek Hill is the guy, so he's going to get Jalen Ramsey. And oh, by the way, they don't have to completely shadow him if you want to move him around the field, because they got A.J. Boye. They got the top two corners in the league on the same friggin' defense, and you've got one guy who mostly busts, but could also boom. So that's the guy they're going to eliminate from this. So you're going to have Jalen Ramsey switching back and forth between Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And yes, they do have Jalen Ramsey go and guard the tight end because they did it with Gronk. They'll do it with Kelsey, too. I'm oh, yeah. also down on him, but I, you know, I, I didn't want to go full KC. Just I just don't think he's going to see it the whole I just don't think he's going to see it the whole game is my point. And when he's not covered by Ramsey, well, sure. I mean, occasionally point. he's got to get some blue. He's got to go over there, take a little sip. <laughs> <laughs> so it won't be the whole game, but when he's on the field, yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, my bust is Demarius Thomas. 
And it's not a horrible matchup with the Jets. It's more just Demarius has been bad. You just hate also, the Demarius Broncos Thomas. Have been bad. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I actually like Demarius Thomas. But the issue is, is that Demarius has dropped too many passes this year. It's, it is really not that great of a matchup with the Jets at all. And he and Keenum just can't seem to get on the same page for whatever reason. And that's a problem that's been going back to the preseason. They haven't seemed to be able to figure it out yet. And he's not looking for him. He's looking for Emmanuel Sanders, and then he's going to the tight end. And or and then Cortland Sutton when he's not going there. So I have concerns about Demarius this week and also for the season. Tight end, my trust. I'm going back to the well. Benjamin Watson, Monday Night Football against the Redskins. The Redskins are absolutely atrocious against the tight end. So the matchup is there. Anybody receiving passes from Drew Brees is always a must start. And look, you can talk to me all you want about the the Redskins' improved off or uh, defense, but look, that game is going to be a shootout at best if you're the Redskins. Like what you're hoping for there is that they keep it competitive so that it's a back and forth shootout the whole time. Otherwise, they're just going to blow them out to begin the game. And then it's a lot of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara rushes in the second half. Yep. Because, I mean, I, I just don't see Washington being able to pull away and win this game by anything more than a last-second field goal on a miracle. So Ben Watson is going to get red zone targets. He gets a ton of targets in the middle of the field. And as I mentioned before, of the targets he gets, most of them he hauls in. So you got an accurate QB. you got a guy getting a lot of targets, getting a lot of love. He had one bad game. I'm not giving up on him yet. And my trust this week is Vance McDonald. And it's the uh, kind of the converse of what we talked about before. But same theme. That Steelers-Atlanta game is going to be an absolute slugfest shootout where nobody plays any defense whatsoever, and it's going to look like some sort of weird uh, Pac-12 college game. <laughs> it's just, just all right, hey, big touchdown, all right, another big touchdown, just back and forth. And uh, quietly, when Vance McDonald is healthy, he is almost third on that team in targets. He's he's in that neighborhood. When he is out there, Ben seems to look for him, and I'm, I'd say ride it at this point until he gets hurt. And I don't mean that as a slight against Vance McDonald. Just unfortunately, that's kind of been his career arc. So that's that's what I, that's really my only concern at this point on McDonald on uh, Vance McDonald, and I love it this week against Atlanta. Yeah, my concern for the season with McDonald is the production hasn't been there. Like he gets targets, it's just they haven't been great. He's only converted, I think, what did he, he had like a three, and then he had the game where he trucked Chris Conley for the 70-yard touchdown to have like a 19, and then he had like another three and a four or something. No, no, like it's a little better than that. He hasn't put up splashy numbers. It's a little better than that, actually. He's he's had uh, a zero, actually, and then he's had Yeah, he didn't play week one. That's yeah, he had a six, and then he had the, the, the huge breakout game. But last week, he actually had a nine. So I'm thinking of catches. I think you're thinking of Jesse James. Uh, but catches he had five last week. So he was five for 62 last week, coming off being four for 112 and a score. And I was watched that entire game. He they were looking for him. So, okay, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So it was four for 112 with a score, but yep. 70 of the 112 it was one was play, the yes. one touchdown yeah, where he yeah. slammed it. But then so they without that, him this week he was three for 41 yep 
but then he goes up to five. This is also the state of tight end people. So he had a a six, he had a seven, he had a nine if it wasn't for that long touchdown. So So, yeah, that's not terrible. He's trending up. He's trending up. They're going to Jesse James less. His target share seems to get a little bit bigger every week. Great matchup this week. Also, welcome to tight end. (laughs) Seriously, because we're going to get into the second part of this and you're picking between six guys. Like it's, it is brutal with all the injuries and now buys. Tight end is a complete disaster. Yeah, that's true. Uh, my bust, Kyle Rudolph. I've mentioned it all year. An atrocious schedule. Philadelphia with their linebacking core plays the tight end really well. Uh, I think they're going to be looking to the outside a lot. They're going to get the running backs involved. They're going to get Diggs and Thielen involved as they have all season. And Kyle Rudolph is going to be the guy that kind of disappears in this game. And my bust is David and Joku. And it actually hurts me to do that because I'm probably going to play him in one of my leagues this week. Uh, but my only concern here is actually the matchup, not the season. So that's, that's reassuring for all you and Joku owners out there. Uh, Baltimore plays the tight end well. They also play Cleveland well historically. And, uh, I don't have as much faith in the Browns uh, this week as I think some of the, our peers in the fantasy community do. May I play devil's advocate for a moment? It's time for some devil's advocate. Who the devil are you? Debating the topics. There's still one thing that doesn't make sense. The community is talking about. Now, what were we talking about? <laughs> All right, Neil, Devil's Advocate, take it away. All right, ladies and gentlemen, America's favorite segment is back. Devil's Advocate. All right. So we're going to start at the bottom of this list, Steve, because we're going to save the best for last. Do you avoid the Jags' defense this week because they're playing the Chiefs? This is also a topic we've covered. So I'm going to go ahead and do the hot take real quick for you because I know that you want the other side of this. I mean, yeah, you already know what side I know. Yeah, yeah, but we're going to let you go. We're going to let you do your platform. Of course you avoid the Jags' defense. Patrick Mahomes is better than if you combined Aaron Rodgers and Joe Montana and then put that baby in the Peyton Manning school from the time that it was a, could walk. And he, Did you see him throw that ball left-handed? I mean, forget the fact that he sounds like Ed Orgeron. Just ignore it because it's just weird. But he's the greatest quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. Andy Reid is an offensive genius, and you would be a fool to play the Jags defense this weekend. Uh, yeah, so as I have laid out several, I think at this point, hundred million times, the uh, the Chiefs historically start out white hot, and they tend to finish fairly hot. And in the middle of the season, you know, where we're getting to right now, they fizzle. And everybody wonders, what happened to the high-powered Chiefs? And now they're facing the best defense in the league, without question. You have the two best corners. You have a strong line. You have an unbelievable linebacking core. They are going to struggle to move the ball this week. He is going to have an immense amount of pressure in his face, that being Pat Mahomes. And they are going to struggle to run the ball. And when both facets of the offense are taken away from you, what are you going to do? As an offense. So I trend more towards sitting my Chiefs starting offensive players than I ever would sit my defense. And for the record, uh, I co-signed, <laughs> I co-signed that as we covered earlier. 
Patrick Mahomes is not. Actually. Yeah, you're right. Look, Patrick Mahomes is not actually the love child of Aaron Rodgers and Joe Montana, who was put into a Peyton Manning passing camp from the time he could walk. So, as I said before, hey, if he lights up the Jags this week, we may have a different conversation. But I'm, that, that would be something. You know what I mean? Could we at least acknowledge that? That if he goes out and yeah, that would be Jackson. extremely noteworthy if he yeah. puts up a huge yeah. number against that defense. I will acknowledge that to all the Patrick Mahomes people out there. That yes, after this week, I will have a different conversation with you if he just shreds Jalen Ramsey. But nobody shreds Jalen Ramsey that we've seen, so you'd be the first. If he does what Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger and Deshaun Watson can't do and has a good fantasy day yeah. against the Jags defense, then it's a different conversation. So we'll revisit this next week, but moving on to the next big topic. There's a noise I'd love to make for you, Steve, that I can't do here because it's a family show. Uh, Leonard Fournette is Mr. Glass from Unbreakable. And I will do the hot take side of this because it amuses me. All right. Leonard Fournette, what are you doing? <laughs> Get him new hamstrings. Pay for it, Shahid Khan. Get him on the flight. Get him to Europe. Get him all new hamstrings. Rebuild him. We can make him better, faster, stronger than he was before. I got to trade him. I got to get rid of him. I got to move him off my team. He's killing me. It's a complete disaster. Like, I don't know. I, I don't even know how I'm going to return value on this because I've probably spent a first round pick for it. But I, I don't know what to do. I'm completely panicked. And I'm just I'm just grasping at straws. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the hot take side of it. So the logical side of it is I have been listening to my good friends Neil and Steve all season long, and I picked up T.J. Yeldon back in week two when they told me to pick up T.J. Yeldon, and then I didn't cut him. I kept him on my roster knowing that Leonard Fournette has a tendency to end up on the injury report. Because my good friends because told of that, me that he's the only handcuff that matters. <laughs> yeah, and because of two. that, I'm willing to ride it out with Leonard Fournette because I know when he's healthy, he's a top 10 running back. And if he's not healthy, I've already got the handcuff, so I'm completely set. So it doesn't matter if he's glassed or not, because I'm all set all the way around, because I listen what I'm told. <laughs> that is the snarkiest segment we've ever done, and I love it. <laughs> all right. That is, that is shameless self-promotion, all up and down. But I completely I, – I, I, again – I hate to rub it in people's faces, but so if you, as we talked about before, if you didn't listen, which frankly is on you, and you didn't pick up TJ Yeldon, now you're in a world of pain. And as we laid out earlier, I think the play is you probably want to try and trade either for TJ Yeldon or trade away Leonard Fournette. And as Steve pointed out, it's probably easier to just trade Leonard Fournette at this point, and we can see what we can get for that. I'd contact the TJ Yeldon owner and see if I could get something good because he ain't helping you on, on your IR slot. So what do you want? You want a top 10 running back, six starts out of the remaining, how many weeks we got left? 12, 13. And uh, like, what do you think? How, what's over under how many more games Leonard Fournette starts quickly? Mm. Seven. He's probably missing this week, yeah. the week after and the week Eight. after that. If he misses Eight? three okay. games, that would be, Seven total gone. So my so, argument to you would be if I could get something that I could eight, play every week and felt good about nine. that would help me for the rest of the year, I'd be listening to that. Because if I felt like I could get something good for Leonard Fournette on the block, something that could help me every week, I don't I mean it's nice to have a top ten running back 
total upside of eight games throughout the rest of the year, but you probably can't take that hit because you probably invested so much in Leonard Fournette, the rest of your team can't carry you. More than likely. So I'd start looking for a piece. Final topic. And this is the mother, the Mac daddy. It's the continuation of, like, sands through the hourglass, the story of Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) Oh, So it came out this week, Steve, as we alluded to before in the news segment, that Le'Veon Bell is planning on returning in week seven, which is a heady play because that's their bye week. And it means he also gets a check for that week. So (laughs) go Le'Veon Bell and Le'Veon Bell's agent. Show up in week seven so they can – Great day, homie. That you get a, you get paid for that week and you don't have to take any hits outside of practice. Good idea. Uh, I'm confused and alarmed by it, frankly. I don't know that it's real. This is a whole new world of possibilities. Seems like they're entrenched and they want a second round pick and a player for Le'Veon Bell. First off, let's just start there before we do the hot take on hot take. Do you even think that at this point that he could be traded? Yes. Okay. Do you, can you think of anybody who's going to pay a second-round pick and a player? A player good enough they'd want it. Uh, a steep price tag, my see. man. That is... Yeah, but that's the price tag now. You want to wait once we weeks, get like, Yeah, once we get to the bye week and he's supposed to report and come back and you see how he looks. Trade deadline's week 10. Yep. So, I'm like, last year, Dwayne Brown came back, I think, in week 9? Week 8 or 9. And they traded him by the trade deadline. He played two games with the Texans before they traded him. So, I mean, people will want to see how he plays before they're willing to give anything up for him. I I would still say, like, with Jimmy G getting hurt, the obvious one was the Niners, but that's not a thing anymore. Pete Carroll's always up. So, if Seattle keeps hanging around, wouldn't it shock me? Would it be the most surprising thing in the world if they traded a player and a second-round pick to get Le'Veon Bell? I don't think so. The, the Seahawks doing that specifically? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I also don't think it would be too terribly shocking if the Jets did it, was going to be my answer, because that's a total Jets move. They're terrible right now, and they feel like they're compelled for some reason to continue to try and fight. I've watched the Jets do that way too many times. Also, they well, probably they feel like the if they can get well. Le'Veon Bell now and extend him, then that's what I'm saying. They want him for the guy forever, well. and exactly. Sam Darnold is protected. and Take the pressure off him, yeah. You can afford to pay Le'Veon Bell because you're paying Sam Darnold nothing for the next three years. All right. So it's it's a uh, it's a situation there where I could see them doing that if they had a good enough defensive player, given how the Steelers' defense has played, which is sure terrible. I mean, if the Packers were willing to throw in a player and a pick, they were willing to give up a pick for Khalil Mack. I don't see why they wouldn't give a player for a generational running back, which is what they've desperately right. needed for a while. So especially let's, with how let's, the let's NFC North is going then. on them. Exactly. So we've okay. So we've established the idea that there probably still is a market. We've also established the idea that neither one of us, I would say, from this conversation so far, is completely sold on the idea that he's actually going to show up in Week Seven. I think it's also well, he'll still show a up. I just a, don't know if he'll play for the Steelers. And that's and that's where I was going. So he'll probably show up in Week Seven because I would show up too to get my eight hundred ninety-five thousand dollar check. I don't know who wouldn't. But the other uh, the other component then is, do you think he ever plays another down for the Steelers? No. I mean, can he go I'm back out there with, after all the term? You, and I agree. I don't see how. Just as yeah. a general rule. I mean, he's going to go out there and they're not going to block for him and he's going to get hurt. And the whole thing was for nothing. So it's just I don't see how he's going to get back on that field. So for the Steelers. So that leads me into the actual conversation that is happening which is 
trade for Le'Veon Bell, trade Le'Veon Bell. Now, the rare three-part conversation, or wait until week 8, 9, 10, so you know exactly what you're dealing with. I think the one you can eliminate is wait, because this that's not the nature of this game. So that's just, let's take that completely yeah. out of the equation. If we, yeah, if you wait, I feel like you've become, you've repot committed yourself. Because if you're waiting, you probably either own Le'Veon Bell or you were thinking about acquiring him. If you're waiting, you have Le'Veon Bell, and you're going to know what he is. So you're yeah. either going to well, keep him for yourself, you get, you'll, you'll have or by the time you get there, it's not worth trading him, whatever you're going to get back. So the impulse move now is do you trade for him or trade him away? That's that's the question here. Exactly. That's the one that gets a lot of people's advice is actually wait, but that's way too rational for the purposes of this. So here's 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 what's going to happen here. So I'm going to go ahead and do uh, trade four, and it's real simple actually. <laughs> of course, you trade for Le'Veon Bell for half a season. The guy the guy who probably holds him right now, his team is probably in shambles. They're terrible. You could trade him depth players off your roster more than likely to build for a playoff run. I don't care if he plays for the Steelers or the Jets or what any other team that you can think of. Doesn't actually matter because you're talking about a guy who would be a top five running back no matter what, and I need that for my playoff run. So whatever I got to do, I'm going to do to acquire Le'Veon Bell and try and, if I can, I'm going to try and get the guy depth guys and pants him, frankly, so that I can go on a huge playoff run and that's the way that that's going to go. So I absolutely am just, in all my leagues, acquiring Le'Veon Bell or trying to. See, this one I feel like there's just way too many caveats because it depends on what your status is with James Conner. Like, if you if you were able to handcuff Le'Veon Bell with James Conner, yeah. then you obviously do nothing. That is the X factor we have not brought into the equation yet, for sure. Because if you've got James Conner and they trade Bell, then you have two RB1s. Because Connor would still be an RB1 with the amount of touches and volume he's getting in Pittsburgh. And wherever he goes, Le'Veon Bell is a generational talent and would be an RB1, even if it's the Jets. I mean, at that point, you'd have to wait if you had If you don't have James Connor and you just have Le'Veon Bell, you've filled in with him to this point. So you're trading somebody magic beans. If you've got running backs that you feel good enough about, that have gotten you to this point, that you don't need Le'Veon Bell, then you trade him away on name value. Say, oh, yeah, he'll be back. You can have him for the stretch run, like you just said. And here's, I want a top-end wide receiver, and I want some kind of RB2 that you've got giving me depth. I want to get better at two positions for one Le'Veon Bell that might come back and play for the Steelers. And the question mark is, if... You're in a league where you own Le'Veon and someone else owns James Conner. Do you want Le'Veon if you've got James Conner? That's the real question. And that's where I was going to drive to close because I think we've covered it. So what I would say is, to kind of crystallize this, if you've had Le'Veon Bell this long and you're actually still in it, (laughs) the smart play is you probably trade Le'Veon Bell on name value, as you're saying. I'm not saying trade him for a hard roll with ketchup or some sort of, you know, garbage. I'm saying go and treat it like you're trading actual Le'Veon Bell at full value and see what you can get. And if you can get something solid, probably do that because at that point you're probably strong enough that you can, your team is good enough that that will propel you past owning Le'Veon Bell. And that really becomes the question. If you don't own Le'Veon Bell, probably don't want to trade for Magic Beans 
because we don't know. There's still way too much uncertainty. And so the only reason that it would make sense is if you own James Conner. And that's where I would close the conversation with you, which is we've kind of laid that out as well. It feels like we both kind of agree. If you own James Conner, you probably want to try and acquire Le'Veon Bell because it's an insurance policy for you either way. You either get two RB1s later on or you have Le'Veon Bell and Le'Veon Bell's handcuff. That's the way that I would break that down. Did you have any other thoughts you wanted to add on the whole Le'Veon Bell conversation and trying to advise people as I we get I into I just wouldn't do anything. It's just it's too murky. I can't trust any of it. If I've got James Conner, I'm running with James Conner. That's it. If if Le'Veon comes back and he's on the Steelers and he is the guy taking over and James Conner means nothing to me, I'll trade you James Conner as your handcuff for a piece later. Trading for Le'Veon now at name value when you've already got James Conner does nothing for me. Well, there you go. I'd say that wraps it up. Well, you can follow us. Tell me how wrong I am. At Nonsense <laughs> underscore Steve on Twitter. At Nonsense underscore Neil. Aiden, of course, at FF Aware on the Twitter machine. Follow both of us at Important Nonsense on the Fantasy Life app. And until next week, everybody, just keep up the nonsense. Have a week. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Lee Rosevear, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.